Turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to be talking about days of peace today. The Prince of Peace. God is good. And all the time. God is good. All right. Going to be breaking into this uh, prophecy in verse uh, 6. This is a prophecy about Messiah's birth. And in verse 6, the word of the Lord reads, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon His kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Who's going to do this? The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. He's going to cause this to come into being. As I said earlier uh, in the service, we are trying to keep our focus by focusing on Advent during this season. Last week we looked at um, hope. It's a hope so hope. Not, uh, it's not a hope so hope, but a what? No so hope. It's a no so hope. We have uh, hope of God's salvation. We have hope of a better life in Christ. We have a hope of the next advent, and we know that something else is coming. What's coming next for the people of God? The rapture of the church. But you'll notice in this text, as we move to the theme of peace, that you have the word peace used in verse 6 and you have it used in verse 7. And it is a very descriptive word. It is the Hebrew word shalom. And generally speaking, it means health, security, tranquility, welfare, good conditions, success, comfort, and peace. All of these things in a physical sense and all of these things in a spiritual sense. But this Hebrew word shalom is one of these words that just really explodes with meaning. The more you get into it, the more you understand it. And it covers a lot of nuances. It speaks of a satisfied condition. When's the last time you've been satisfied greatly? It speaks of a satisfied condition. If we're satisfied in Christ and we're walking in Him and we're experiencing great fellowship with Him, we have this spiritual satisfaction. That's shalom. It speaks of an unconcerned state of peacefulness. You can go through an unbelievable crisis and still remain in peace. Why? You can still have shalom. Why? Because that comes from Him who lives within you. It is a sense of well-being. It can speak of a harmonious state of the soul and the mind, both externally and internally. See, you got that divine thing of God going on in your life you got the Spirit of God, the fruit of the Spirit being produced in your life. And you're, ha you're in this harmonious state of the soul and the mind. Shalom can mean the absence of strife, 
Though usually it means much more than that. It expresses completeness and harmony and fulfillment. What I see is amazing about these conditions. Shalom is all of this is going to come with a child. When a child comes, a certain child comes... He's going to bring these special shalom type conditions with him. Is that amazing or what? Who is this person? Is this something to do with this season that we celebrate? Is this the reason there's so much of a ruckus and so much of attention focus on this season? Well, let's take a look at a couple of verses here in this prophecy and see what shalom and days of peace are all about. First, I want you to see what I'm going to call peace is a person. Say that with me. Peace is a person. In verse 6, he says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. And what's that last thing? The Prince of Peace. This child is going to become a Prince of Peace. The Hebrew word for Prince means a head or a person of any rank or class, a captain, a master, a ruler, a commander, a leader, and a prince. This child is going to become the captain of peace, the ruler of peace, a commander of peace, a leader of peace, the prince of peace. Who is this child? Who is this male child that's going to be born? Now, we know when we study the background of this, when he talks about the people in darkness in verse 1 and in verse 2, we know that he's talking about the northern kingdom in the area of Galilee. We know that these people were in a great spiritual darkness. But there was someone who was unique and very special who came to them and ministered to them and was considered a light, a great light. And who was that? The Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I am the light of the world. So we know that this is Jesus Christ, the Messiah. We know that this is the Messianic one, the one who was foretold. We know that this was the consolation of Israel that Simeon and all the rest of them were looking for. This was Jesus Christ. This is John 1.14. And the word became flesh and we beheld his glory of the glory of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. We know that this is 2 Corinthians 5.19 that says that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Is it any wonder that the Apostle Paul says, Thanks be unto God for his undescribable, unspeakable gift. The gift of the Christ of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. That word unspeakable means indescribable. It means that... You cannot fully expound who he is. And yet in this text, <laughs> under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, Isaiah describes this child. How is he described? He's described as, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called 
wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. This verse tells us he's going to be a competent leader. A competent leader. We got all kinds of people running around Washington with the word leader in their title. Are any of those people a competent leaders? Do they not realize that the government is resting upon them on their shoulders? He is telling us that in the future, the government of this peace and this uh, theme of peace and this, the, the, the power of peace in the future will be upon the shoulders of this child, obviously when he grows up. And he will, will be a competent and a great leader. When he comes to a crisis, he will not cut and run. Do you remember what Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane? When he looked into the cup and he saw what he was going to face as the Son of God and the sin bearer of the world. When he looked in there, the scripture tells us that his sweat was like as of great drops of blood. That's how intense it became. And what did Jesus say at that point? Did he say, I can't do this? Did he say, I'm going to have to cut and run? He said, not my will, but thine be done. I'm echoing a little bit. And so, he's a competent leader. He did not come to do his own will, but he came to do the will of the Father that sent him. Amen? Amen. He's a competent leader, unlike the leaders we have today. I only wish that our government was upon his shoulders today. Amen? Amen? Man, we need some divine help in Washington. I'd like to drop Jesus right in the middle of the whole crowd. Amen? And you know, we could if they would acquiesce. But you see, Jesus didn't come to do His own will. He came to do the will of the Father who sent Him. Are our leaders doing what is best for the country? Are our leaders doing what is best for the people who elected them? No, we know that. This child will be a competent leader. He will be called wonderful. The Hebrew word here speaks of the way in which God will deal with His people and the way that Jesus will deal with us. Miraculously, mercy, grace, comfort. It says that He is going to be called counselor. He'll have the laws of heaven for life on earth. The laws of heaven for life on earth. He will speak with the very authority of God. And when Jesus came and was born and began to minister and began to preach, He did not speak as other men. How does the Bible say that He spoke? He spoke as one who had what? Authority. He had the divine blessing of God on Him as He spoke. He was a mighty, competent, wonderful counselor. It also says... He's going to be called a mighty God. A mighty God. Do you know that our God took nothing and made something? When we make something today out of something that somebody else has already made, we think that's hot stuff. (laughs) But our God took nothing and made something. He spoke the very world into existence by the breath of His mouth. He said, let there be light, and there was light. 
He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting Father. He is the beginning. He is the end. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. There's never been a time when He wasn't. Never be a time when He will not be. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Praise His holy name. He is the everlasting Father. He is the Father of time from beginning into eternity. Amen? And He finishes up and He says, He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Shalom. That unbelievable state of mind and heart and body that is at peace. Harmonious state of mind and blessing. Amen. Prince of Peace. Do you know the Prince of Peace? Listen. Peace is a person. And his name is Yeshua Jesus. I saw this years ago, and I don't know, remember who said it or did it, but I remember it, and it stuck with me. Kind of like a rock in your shoe, <laughs> just stays with you. Know Jesus, K-N-O-W. Know Jesus, you know peace. Why is that true? Because peace is a person. He is the prince of peace. In O Jesus equals no peace. In O peace. Amen. And the thing I think the Spirit of God is trying to get us to understand is that our peace in our life as believers is not dictated by what's going on out there. It's dictated by our personal relationship with Jesus, the Prince of Peace. And when we walk in proper fellowship with Him... We're at peace no matter what's going on on the outside. We can suffer losses. We can suffer financial reverses. We can have medical issues. We can have great, tremendous losses in our life. But if we are walking in proper fellowship with Jesus, the Prince of Peace will rise to the occasion and give us everything that we need. Oh, I swear to you this morning, on the authority of God's word. These are days of peace for us as the people of God. I know the world's at war. I know it's terrible out there. But because of the Prince of Peace. You and I can live in a harmonious state of peace and blessing in Christ. Amen. Amen. Do you have Jesus in here? In your heart. Then you can experience peace. Peace is a person. But also, peace was the plan. Peace was the plan all along. That was the heart of God for us. Listen to the bottom of verse 6. It says, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of His government and peace, there shall be no end. It's going to be forever from henceforth, the bottom part of the verse, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. This is God's plan all along. This is why Jesus came to make peace with God. There is so much in these verses here, or in this verse, but I want to narrow it down to two things. His rule will increase and be eternal. He's, it says in this verse, of the increase of His government... There shall be no end. Here are the things that follows the increase of his government. It shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom. 
He will order it and establish it with the judgment and justice even forever. And the Lord, the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. His kingdom will increase. Now, what's interesting about this is that in verses 6 and 7, we go from the birth of this male child, the Messiah, all the way to the end of the millennial kingdom where Jesus will rule in peace from the throne of David. (laughs) You got to know your Bible on this one. You go from the birth of the Christ child all the way to Jesus sitting on the throne of David through the millennial kingdom where there will be perfect peace and blessing. (laughs) Amen? Amen. And what's in between? Us. (laughs) That's it. We we will be in the in-between. And He will minister to us. This kingdom will increase. It will be magnificent. The literal kingdom of David was failing. And had failed. They're getting ready to go off in Babylonian captivity. And to encourage them and said, there's going to be a child who's going to come. And he's going to come through the line of David and the line of Jesse. And he will sit on the throne of David. And he will rule with justice and peace and blessing. And he's pointing to the millennial kingdom. Amen? That's what he's saying here. And so peace was the plan all along. And we jump from his birth all the way to the millennial kingdom. And who will accomplish this? What's the last sentence there? The zeal of the Lord will perform this. So who's going to do this? God's going to do this. God will use many people and many agents To bring this about. But the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. What does this look like? This rule of peace. This spiritual peace and this spiritual blessing that will be eternal. What does this look like? How did it get started? You have to forgive me. I just couldn't help myself. I just had to give you this picture. I love this picture. You like this picture? Can you see it? It's the hand of God with a baby in it. I say all the time during the Christmas season, God walked down the staircase of heaven with a baby in his arm, and he gave that baby. He gave that baby for our redemption. Amen? That's the beginning of this era and this kingdom of peace. But did it really happen that way? (laughs) Not exactly. Let me share with you how this reign of peace And this kingdom is going to get started. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18 it says, And now the birth of Jesus was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was engaged to Joseph, before they came together she was found with the child of the Holy Spirit. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. The Holy Spirit is at work. Jesus was conceived in the virgin womb of Mary. Miracle time. (laughs) That is a cool statement, and I, I, I love that. And we're looking at what God has done in maybe a humanistic way with God's hand out and He's given, but it didn't exactly happen that way. The Spirit of God 
caused Mary to be impregnated with Jesus. Now her engaged to be Joseph, he, he got sideways with this. He thought she'd be unfaithful. And listen to what happened. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly, privately. But when he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. The zeal of the Lord will perform this. The agent of the Holy Spirit was bringing this season into being. Amen? His rule and reign will be eternal. It goes on to say, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord by the prophet saying behold a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us. And the zeal of the Lord is working and bringing about this miraculous kingly male child the prince of peace. He would usher in days of hope, days of peace, like the world has never seen and experienced. But there's something else here I want you to see. And that is his peace will increase and be eternal. Not only his government and his rule, his reign, but what else is going to expand? What else is going to increase? His peace will increase, it says in verse 7. Listen to this. Of the increase of his government and his what? And his peace, and there shall be no end. Peace gets the same billing as his government does. Let me say that again. Peace, this supernatural divine peace, this prince of peace, gets the same billing the same impact, the same force here as his government's. Wow. And when will that happen? In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Mm. For what reason? To minister to those who are under the curse of the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. What are we saying? We are saying that the plan of peace, <laughs> that was God's plan all along. That's the purpose in which he came, to be the prince of peace. And it all started with Christmas. <laughs> That's why we celebrate. That's why we're so joyful. That's why we're so happy. The incarnation of the Son of God. Jesus literally wrapped himself in flesh and bone and became the God-man. He became like us so that we'd have an opportunity to become like Him spiritually and have a relationship with God the Father. Amen? It started with Christmas. It started with the incarnation. It continued with His life and His ministry. No one ever spoke like He spoke. No one has ever made the impact that Christ has made upon planet Earth like Jesus had. 
Forget about the spiritual aspect of it and just look into an encyclopedia and you will see the person who's made the greatest impact upon our lives is the person called Jesus Christ. It continued with his life and ministry. It culminated in his death, burial, and resurrection. He provided a provision for us that we could not provide for ourselves. His death, His burial, and His resurrection was the hallmark of what He came to do because He died for our sins and He rose again for our justification. And when He rose from the grave in resurrection power, He validated His claim to be the Son of God, the Savior of the world, and the Prince of Peace. Amen. I could get a little bit excited about that. And if you want to get excited about it, that's okay. I'm okay with that. You understand that as the Prince of Peace, Yeshua, Jesus, and what He did through the death, burial, and resurrection means that we have peace with God. Therefore, being justified by faith, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. God does not look at me anymore as an enemy. He looks at me as His redeemed child because of what Jesus has done for me. Oh, I get happy about that. (laughs) Praise God. We have peace. We got, we got peace with others. We have peace with others. We don't have to fight with each other. There's no big eyes and little U's in the kingdom of God. Paul said that Jesus himself be, became our peace or is our peace. He broke down the middle wall of partic- uh, partition between Jews and Gentiles. We're all have equality. <laughs> That's a big word today. We all have equality before God. There's no big eyes and little use. We're all in the body of Christ together. And we don't have to hold out against people. We're to forgive them as God in Christ has forgiven us. Amen? But also we have peace in circumstances. This is where the rubber hits the road for us. We have peace. Peace in circumstances because of the Prince of Peace and what He has done for us in Christ Jesus and the provisions that He has provided for us. Philippians 4 says, don't be anxious about anything. Last time I checked, anything means everything. Would you agree? (laughs) Don't be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known unto God with complaining... No, with what? Thanksgiving. Thanking God that He has got this. Thanking God that He has the power and the ability to minister in your life as the Prince of Peace. Thanking God that you don't know how and you don't know when, but you know that He has the power and the ability to work it out in His time and in His way. He is going to see you through. And when you thank Him and you rest and you give it to Him, what happens? And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall guard and garrison your mind in Jesus Christ. You see, only the Prince of Peace can do that. But that's what he does. And if you walk in proper fellowship with Jesus and you give him your stuff and leave it with him and thank him that he's got it and he's going to work it out, guess what? The Prince of Peace, the Holy Spirit is going to rise in you and give you the resources that you need to get through and to be in a state of harmony. Hallelujah. You say, I don't know about that. I do. No matter what your situation, I remember years ago on a Friday night, a sheriff 
deputy coming to our house to make what they call a death notification. 10 o'clock, ringing the doorbell, went to the door. When I saw that guy, I knew it was bad. And he came in, and he sat down with me and my wife, and he shared with me and Donna that our son, Matthew, had been killed in a motorcycle accident. We wept. We cried. We wailed. We were absolutely crushed by the loss of our son and that news. But do you know what happened? The Prince of Peace began to work immediately. And he began to minister to us. He began to empower us. Did it hurt? Did we grieve? Yes, we still grieved. We were still broken for a season. And hard to function. But the Prince of Peace was with us. And he walked through the valley of the shadow of death with us. His rod and his staff, his word and his spirit ministered to us in the Prince of Peace arose to the occasion and saw us through the most difficult time of our lives. I'm here to tell you that the Prince of Peace works. He can do what the Word says He can do. You can have as a child of God what the Word of God says that you can have and experience if you will walk in proper fellowship with, with Him. He will provide everything that you need. Yes, we still grieve, even to this day. Sometimes it sneaks up on us and ambushes us out of nowhere. But the Prince of Peace, right on the job, ministering to us and seeing us through. That's what He has provided for us as the children of God. These are days of peace. That's more than a little baby in that manger. That's the God-man. Jesus Christ. And when he was born, the angel from heaven announced it to the shepherds, said, you need to go check him out. And then something unusual happened. As the angel was speaking, a heavenly host of angels broke out with him and began to sing and begin to worship and begin to praise the Lord. Glory to God in the highest. Look what God has done. On earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Ah, does that mean that there's going to be peace on the earth and nobody's going to fight anymore? Nope. <laughs> it means that the Prince of Peace has been born among men. The plan of God is in place. And that means goodwill toward men, especially to those who will receive Him in their hearts and in their lives. Truly, these are days of peace. When Jesus began His public ministry, He said, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is near you. Repent and believe the gospel. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God in our hearts as His people. When the Prince of Peace comes into your heart and your life, He makes peace with God for you, with you. And as you walk with Him, you live under the rule and reign of God in your heart in the Prince 
of peace, Jesus Christ. Amen. Paul says, may the God of hope fill you with all hope and peace in believing that you may overflow with hope in the power of the Holy Spirit. Truly, days of peace and days of hope for us. You need more of that? I need more of that. And I hope we'll receive that today. Because as we walk with the Prince of Peace, He's able to rise to any occasion, any occasion that comes into our life and provide what we need. Days of peace through the Prince of Peace. That was God's plan all along. Let's bow before Him.